Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joe Tossi from TechTables.com, and you're listening to the Public Sector Show by TechTables. This podcast features human-centric stories from public sector CIOs, CISOs, and technology leaders across federal, state, city, county, and higher education. You'll gain valuable insights into current issues and challenges faced by top leaders through interviews, speaking engagements, live podcast tour events. We offer you a behind-the-mic look at the opportunities top leaders are seeing today. And to make sure you never miss an episode, head over to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and hit that follow button and leave a quick rating. Just tap the number of stars that you think this show deserves. Today, we have Dr. Joe Wei, Director of Learning Environments at USC. Joe, welcome to the Public Sector Show by Tech Tables. Hey, Joe, thank you very much for having me on. It's a pleasure. And, and we're actually on your home turf right now. We are. You got to come down and get a little tour of campus. You got to see a little bit of what we do. And then we are makeshifting a recording studio. We we are makeshifting. The tour you just gave, by the way, was totally epic. So thank you. It was totally unreal. Annabelle, why don't you come say hi? Come scoot over. You, you don't have to talk. You can just, you know, kind of wave there a little go. camera. Yeah, we got Annabelle in the back. She, cameo. 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 All right. Yeah, that was probably my favorite all-time tour. I don't think I've had such a detailed experience, uh, let alone just being able to walk for what we do. That was 90 minutes. That was incredible. Yeah, we did a solid bit. Could you tell that we're proud of what we do here? That's what I was great about the tours. Like it, we're doing amazing stuff with our technology and our students and our collaboration and all of that. So it, if I don't give the full tour, then I feel like I'm cheating you. Yeah. And I'm glad we, we got the full tour and, uh, and we were able to make this happen. Um, everything from the community, the new communications department, and then the, just the journalism and seeing, you know, obviously all of the athletic stuff and just walking around and just the history. And I love the Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. I know a little rivalry, yeah. lot, you know, college is not right without a little rivalry. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And then the, just the amount of history that, you know, I mean, obviously you got, you went here as an undergrad, yeah. so that was a special treat. I really appreciate that. Well, no, my, that was my pleasure. And uh, so first, I got to give a big shout out to Melissa Rodriguez at the RTM group. That's where we connected, right? That's where we yeah, first met. That yeah. We first met at an RTM. Yeah, back at the Higher Ed Congress. That was super fun. And but for those in the audience who don't know you or don't know you to the show, can you just give a brief background on yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm going to do, do a background starting forward and moving backwards. How about that? Let's so yes, it. I do. I am the director of learning environments at the University of Southern California, um, which basically means I oversee the design installation support teams for well, about 500 AV enabled spaces across our enterprise. Before that, I've actually only been in higher ed. So I've been here for seven years. I mean, I've been in higher ed for seven years, only here for four. I was at Cal Baptist University before that for three years, then did some house of worship things at, at a couple of the mega churches in the area. And for three years before that, so now we're at 10 years. And besides that, I'd spent 25 years in the entertainment industry here and in the LA area. I love that. And so I would, when I was researching this podcast, and there's a bunch of great material online of, of the work that you've done and just kind of like your own journey, but I was thinking about distinctly the three areas. And so you've kind of have what I'm calling 2019. This is kind of before the pandemic, and then you have the pandemic, and then now you've got kind of post-pandemic. Yeah. And in 2019, I was kind of curious about if you could just Take us back, and what was your perspective about the state of education from a technology point of view for remote learning at USC when you took the job in 2019? Yeah, no, great question. Because you know, I was recruited here uh, in order to really 
update all of our classrooms. I'll tell you, they were, I'll put it nicely. I'll say they were horrific, worse than awful. Like you had to try really hard to be that bad. That's the state that I was brought into. But we were going through our quote unquote digital transformation, like a lot of schools were kind of doing at that time. And I was brought in really to think about the direction technology was moving in, bring that to the student experience and see what we could do with our classrooms. And it was kind of at that time where I said, you know, well, we know that you see technologies, the Zooms, the, those types of things, the being able to collaborate, the collaboration tools were really very popular. I mean, we were at the time we were saying things like active learning and flipped classroom and those types of buzzwords that are kind of gone now. But those were the things we were saying. And so that's really my goal was how could we look across an enterprise, not just one or two signature spaces and bring that to the experience. And I, that's what I, I to the provost and said, here's what we're going to do. Here's, you know, the direction things are going. What if we could hire a faculty member, for example, out of Harvard, and they wouldn't have to move from Boston? What if we could kind of, so they could come in and we can bring them into the classroom experience? What if we could have guest lectures, as you saw during the tour today? How many famous names are on a lot of our buildings, right? Well, what if those people could actually, you know, do a guest lecture of some sort, not have to worry about coming into campus, right? And we could utilize that type of stuff. What about instead of a faculty member having to take a sabbatical every seven years, what if they could just live in the field and then we could connect our classroom to what they're doing? And that was kind of the image and the vision that I ended up, you know, presenting and, and that they funded. And again, that was in 2019. That was right before the pandemic. And then the pandemic happened. Okay, so let's pause. So USC at this point, you've got a vision for what this campus could look like. In 2019, when were you hired? Like, when was that August, start? August 2019. Okay. I think today is my four-year anniversary. Happy four-year anniversary. I, is that crazy? I actually think it is. Isn't it like August, it's August 6th today or 7th, right? 6th? August 4th. Four, okay, sorry, two days from now. Two like, days from two now. Two days from now. So you've got six or seven months and you don't know it, but then a global pandemic is going to yeah. happen. Yeah. You have that time of period, seven months, six months, seven months, and then you have everything getting shut down. The provost is calling you. How are we going to do our classes? How are we going to solve this? Now, are you thinking this is a big time opportunity? I've been yeah. waiting for this to get massive traction. You know, I, I hate to say that, you know, you're waiting for global pandemic, but, but I will definitely say that I felt like the luckiest and smartest person in the room at that point, because we had already gone through our first proof of concept. We designed our classrooms, which you got a chance to see today, the real interconnectivity of everything. And, you know, provost calls me, says, Joe, what are we going to do? And I'm like, guess what? We've already done it. We've already solved the problem. I just needed to get people off campus so I can install it. It's sitting in our storage room right now. We've already got it ready to put in this summer. And, you know, obviously I did not predict a global pandemic. But it, here, in, here in L.A., I mean, it, we could have had an eight-point earthquake, right? And we have a lot of historic buildings that wouldn't, you know, would have got knocked down, right? And we would have had to utilize some types of tools, so that was exactly kind of how the conversation went. And, you know, I, I told him, I said, everything that I pitched to you and you were a little suspect about now is exactly why we need it. And the positive thing is we already have it. We literally have it sitting in a storage room. We don't have to worry about how to do it. We just need to get the teams to get it in now. You know, and that was, it ended up actually being great because also at that time, if you think back, every school was freaked out. What are we going to do? How are we going to do this? We literally just sent our line drawings out to everybody. 
and just said, here's, here is a roadmap, right? You know, obviously people, not everyone adopt it in a little bit different way, but we were able to do that and kind of lead the charge with that. Okay. So you've, you have everything you need sitting in a closet, which is actually probably really great timing because some, one of the things when COVID and the pandemic kicked off is like equipment, like anything to do with a camera or virtual was selling out like crazy. Yep. Um, and so if you're like not in the podcast space or like AV world or anything like that, you're like, oh, I didn't really know, but it was gone. And, um, and so you've got a closet full of everything that you need. Kids are now home. They're not on yeah. campus. Um, what was the time frame of like, how long did it take to get one classroom? You've got the blueprints. We were talking, kind of joking, like each one is the same package, mm-hmm. like in and out. Yeah. How do you get, how, like, what was the time frame of getting those stood up? Uh, well, this is where scope creep comes in a little bit. Um, in, in theory, I would say we, our plan was originally was we were just going to use one summer to do all hundreds of spaces, right? But then, of course, as we all knew, the pandemic grew and it wasn't going to end soon. So we ended up taking the year and a half to do it, but we also improved the services. We brought in ADA accessible furniture. We started changing, as you got to hear, a little bit of our voice control. Because remember back then, someone, everyone said, I'm never, ever touching anything again, which, of course, now we all just touch everything. Yeah. But at the time, that's what we were saying, right? So we ended up adding a few of those things. So I would say it's kind of a loaded question between four months and, well, a year and a half. Okay. So four months between, you know, four months, year and a half. And when did the other universities start reaching out? So you're, you, you, you've put out the blueprints, you're starting to execute on this. When do you start getting other universities like, Hey, what are you doing? And you know, how can we learn more? Yeah, it was almost immediately. And the only reason for that was because, you know, I had, you know, my podcast I'm doing right. And I had the org that I was involved in and it was, well, People were hearing me because they're freaking out. I'm like, well, we, we already know what we're doing. And so all of a sudden, it's kind of, you know, and hold it. And just everyone was jumping on like random webinars at the time, right? There was that confusion. And when people are going, well, I don't know how I can get equipment. And like, I keep joking now, you know, the global supply chain. And I, I go, what global supply chain? I mean, I already had everything. Now, now I don't need anything. And that's really when people started hitting and going, how can I solve this? And what are the things that we can get? What are the things that we need in order to be successful? And we've seen it from all different. And it was really cool. And I know I'm stopping you from answering another, asking another question. But it was really cool to see our industry not be competitors, but be collaborators to all understand we had to get through this together, regardless if you were, you know, an elite R1 like USC or your community college down the street, we all were facing the same problem. And we all had to get into that, you know, same ship and go through it together. Okay, so, and I think that's, in general, a really great summary about the public sector in itself is that there's more collaboration than people trying to compete against each other, which I really like. Mm-hmm. And one of the things you like when I was looking back on our notes when we first talked was the state of education with technology. So you've got 2019. And when did you first start to reflect on that kind of pandemic period? You're still in it. And but how did you know the pandemic happens? How are you thinking about the state of education with technology? you know, a year in, 16 months in. Yeah, you know, it actually kind of evolved. It evolved, but it started day one. I remember this, so tell a little bit of a story. I remember, you know, Friday, March 13th, 2020, the day we kicked everybody off campus. 
And one of our student workers here in this office, in fact, I was in this room that we're in right now. And she was right on the other side of the window that everyone can see right behind us. And I hear her crying and I say, you know, what's wrong? And she says, well, you know, I just lost my grandfather to COVID. And, you know, and it turns out she was raised by her grandparents, didn't have her parents. And I was like, wow, that, that's, I, I don't know. What do you say? Right. What do you say? Uh, and, and I was like, but she's like, it's even worse than that. I'm like, oh, how's it worse than that? She says, well, I rely on so much from here. We don't have Wi-Fi at our house. I don't even own a laptop. I have a job here in IT because you have computers here. And so I can stay after hours and utilize our computers to do my schoolwork. I have four roommates and I don't know how we're going to have money to, you know, to keep things going. I don't even have food. I half the time we leave cookies and stuff here and that might be my dinner at night. And it was that moment I went, whoa, this is more than just an IT department. This is more than a college. We provide things and change lives in a way. And that did it. And as we then now, now to answer your now for a lot, very long answer to a short question is that at, then as we started developing our classrooms, we had to keep that in mind. We had to go, okay, who is it that's not getting served that we need to think about? And things that we noticed were, for example, pre-pandemic, we never did transcription in our classes, classrooms. So one of the features we brought in was recognizing that one-third of our faculty are non-native English speakers, one-third of our students are non-native English speakers, could, when... We went online, people got transcription. They got to record their classes. They got to watch them back. We never did any of those things before the pandemic. So let's make sure that even as we come back onto campus, we don't lose that. That even someone sitting in a class has that opportunity to go back, watch the transcription in their native language, right? That's the accessibility. Those types of things are what we started recognizing going, that's what can't leave. That's what has to go into education, not just is there a, you know, a microphone in there so everyone can hear? Yeah, no, that's really good. I'm, I mean, I remember sitting in college and when I know I'm not as old as you, but I was, what do you mean by that? Wow. I just turned 50 this week. I turned less. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's right. I saw that. Hey, happy birthday. Thank you. Thank that's you. a big one. It, it, yeah. Trust me. I know <laughs> all downhill from here. That's a big one. I remember sitting in the classroom and, and it was like, computers weren't allowed. You're not recording anything. And um, it's great to see how much uh, just the times have changed and going, what you said about accessibility. I really, I was thinking we've, we've got some friends and then I've also read this kind of in the papers with folks who have dyslexia. Yeah. And if you're a student and you have dyslexia, how could you, you know, the classes is just called 60 minutes. And if you're struggling to take the notes down, you could either a have to hire a note taker but I was kind of with my wife brainstorming, you know, kind of different ideas. And now on this point, when we're having the conversation, we're talking about ChatGPT and this has come on the scene. And I was saying, well, if they could record the class, I mean, she could get, you know, she can get a great summary. She mm -hmm. could get insight. She can get details and um, not have to worry that she's like missing anything or he's missing something. And so it is amazing to see what technology is doing right now, which leads me to a pretty interesting question on um, your on campus. W where does kind of USC fall? How do you think about it? Yeah, well, I will say I'm a huge proponent of it and I'm a huge proponent of AI in general. Our official stance here at USC is it is allowed. You can use it. You just have to cite it. And you're responsible for the fact it gave you the correct answer, right? 
But I think just going to like to AI, for example, let's take your, your lesson recording. If you are someone who, if you have dyslexia, you have ADHD, you have thing, you know, other learning uh, challenges. Why can't you have the software summarize that entire lecture and give you a one paragraph? This is what was talked about. So then when you do go review and you get ready to write your paper or take your exam, you just read that and you go, oh, okay, it's here. And then you can ask it, hey, by the way, over these 13 weeks, when did we learn about blah, 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 blah. You type it in and it says, oh, in this lecture at minute number six and on this lecture at minute number 42. And now you have that and you have and then you get either a transcription or rewatch it. Right. Why not? The, the technology is there. And if we already now have spent all this money to record, capture high quality stuff, why not take that next step? Yeah. Running the podcast, it's I and mean, we use it all the time. Mm -hmm whether that's, you know, for show notes or even prep work, if there's a bunch of different articles, I'm looking at, I mean, even when I was doing this for me and you, I'm looking, okay, there's maybe 12 pieces of content that are out there, whether that's a podcast or whether that's, you know, a Yahoo Finance article or something like that. And I can take that content and say, well, you know what, I had this recording, this 10 minute conversation with Dr. Joe Way, he cared about these five things, here's what's in these articles, just strip out the images mm -hmm. and ask, you know, what type of questions do you think Joe would like? And, you know, give me 10 of these. And I'm like, mm. no, great question. Great question. No. And, and that I think helps to speed up the editing process a lot. Absolutely. And then of course, just, you know, if you're in college and, and anything, just citing, you know, that it's not original content. And so, but the cool part is when I record original content, when we do show, show notes, summaries, all of that kind of stuff, it's taking the original content. And then what used to take, I mean, this used to take hours for us to do because you would have to have someone listen back and yep. do all this. And now it's that mm -hmm. it is incredible at the rate and the use cases. So it's a fun time. It's a fun time to be alive. And we're going to jump to some of the stuff that we saw that you were touring us around, which is so right. fun. I mean, I was so happy to see it. And what I'm talking about is USC's Digital Creative Lab, the esports arena, video production, media suites, AR, VR. I mean, there is such a robust setup here at USC. And I think it's still, I would say, I don't know if infancy is the right word, yeah, but it's coming yeah. along pretty quickly. Yeah. Isn't that space cool? It's so cool. Yeah. And I would say it is in its infancy. Yeah. It was interesting. I think it actually pulls our conversation kind of full circle too, is you know, this started as creating an esports room. That was the scope. But then we quickly recognized how many different disciplines it hit, how many different students we could serve. And we thought, okay, well, let's move more into the business of esports, not just the game players, which they're great things to play on, but also the game developers, those who are doing the shoutcasting and the broadcast part, the content creation for the lower thirds, the full you know, streaming capabilities. And then could we also take those computers and just completely deck them out so that you could use them for 3D modeling? What if an architecture class could go in there? A film class could walk in and render a movie in less than 10 minutes, right? Which you couldn't do on a normal computer because it would take half the class just to open the file. So now we could have people collaborate in real time on high quality stuff. And then it moves into, okay, well, what are we going to do it in the, well, we got to do the metaverse. Remember that buzzword we were just using not too long ago? So what are we going to do there? Well, AR and VR, could we now create those types of interactive things? 
And so then it, we ended up with a, a hologram studio because why not? Why not have a hologram studio? And then let's throw it on the blockchain and have NFT creation. And then can you take those models and print them out? 3D printing, right? So it just every time we did something, we said, well, there's one step further. And there's one step further. And now let's throw in a bunch of collaboration tables and let's create an event space out of it so everybody can come together, really collaborate, work together and utilize the space in that way. And I love it. I think that's where there's huge opportunities and huge opportunities for education moving forward. Yeah, the education piece. And I loved how you were just talking about on 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 the tour about especially the I think it was the Paramount, how yeah. it's like basically a replica studio of the other one that they have. And so that you can plug the kids, the students from here on campus directly into getting a job. And I think there's a lot of very practical applications with all of the media type of production and, and digital. And it's super, it was really fun to see. I, I know it doesn't do justice as we're like kind of talking about it. And if you've been on campus, you're like, well, it can't be that cool. I'm like, it's pretty cool. It's pretty sweet. So I don't know. If you're a listener, you, you may want to just email me or you know DM Dr. Joe Way and see hey, I'm in the area. Can I get a tour? Is And if he'll give it to you, it's pretty worth I, it. And I'll give anyone a tour. I love the tours. I mean, you're special, but not. I still, you know, I, I've done it a few times and I've got it down and, you know, it's fun stuff to see. But again, like you said, we're proud of it. We're proud of how it can be interdisciplinary with our students and we can, you know, as, as we mentioned, is how all the buildings kind of connect in some way, right? They flow. And that's really what makes this this special. And we've been able to take our classroom technology and the pedagogy. We even talked about adapting our faculty to it, right? It's one thing to throw the tools in. Now you have to work with your faculty and adapt them into the new ways of viewing things. And we've had great champions with it. We've had great success in our faculty saying, hey, I want to come in and use that. Even taking the digital creative lab, you know, like I sit there and go, our new demographic, right? Like short form, right? That's the popular thing. Sitting for an hour, that's kind of dead, right? You need collaboration. You need connection. You need communication. So why not come into our production studio and create your, your classroom content? I mean, sorry for faculty who listen to this. Let's be honest. Out of your one hour of lecture, there's probably only 20 minutes of it's actually important. You know, so why don't you create a video on that, a high quality video, post that online. Now use your class time to collaborate with one another, show how that applies to their lives and their future careers. That's the way we can start to utilize these special spaces and our technology and the uniqueness of our buildings for that purpose. I, I love that. The creating some high quality content and then having, and we saw some of the spaces too, where they were very flexible module you you know you could write anything on a wall but just having that ability to apply what you heard in the lecture to actually hey this is what it's going to look like in whatever discipline that you're trying to yeah. approach i think is very smart and a high use and high roi just on time in general yeah well and you think about the this is the thing with higher education we're going through this I want to say an identity crisis in higher education because, you know, you're seeing the gig economy. You're seeing people say, well, I don't need to take out. Why would I want to take out a quarter million dollars in loans when I could go to a trade school and be making more money in the first 10 years? Right. That's the reality of the world, especially, I mean, not even to get political or anything, but student loan cancellation. These things are impacting our vertical. So the more we can say, 
here's why you're going to come and, you know, and let's be honest, USC is not cheap. But why, so why would you come here and pay that? Because we can actually prepare you for the workforce that you don't have to worry about 10 years from now, because in 40 years from now, you are going to be the expert in your entire field, right? You will be setting so that you'll be setting the trends, not following them, right? And we can give that direct adaptation from classroom to workforce. Yeah, no, that's a great, that is a great fan. That is a fantastic point. I was kind of thinking about this. So what advice would you give to others specifically in the AV industry? You got deep background, lots mm-hmm. of different perspectives. You've worked with a lot of different types of people who are considering that jump to higher ed. You get out quick. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do it. No, just kidding. I actually, I absolutely love higher ed and I'll say, you know, and I'll say higher ed and even just house of worship that I'd worked in. One of the things that's very unique, you know, because I spent most of my career in the AV industry, in the entertainment industry. And while I loved it and it was great and obviously, you know, did some great things there, there's a purpose behind higher education, the public sector. There's something about you're serving others in what you're doing and you can't beat that. There's when there's something more than your paycheck and knowing that you're actually impacting lives going all the way back to the story I was telling you about with the student that we heard about day one, right? And you see the students' lives changed because of the services we provide. That means a lot. That's why you come into higher education or you come into any type of service type of vertical and utilize those same skills. Yeah, I like that a lot. I don't have the higher education piece, but coaching high school basketball is kind of the yeah. the great piece. You know, I kind of laugh. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you do you make any money off that? And you're like, no, it's either free or you get a stipend that's less than a thousand dollars, and it's a couple free. of in and out stops. Well, for the kids, yeah, because on the <laughs> van rides, you're going back, and they're like, coach, we're so hungry, we're starving, <laughs> and I got no money, right? So you just buy money, you just buy food for the kid the whole time. So we covered 2019. We talked about the pandemic piece. We're now, I mean, it's August 4th. You're coming mm-hmm. up on four years. Mm-hmm. It's been a great run that you've had. And now I'm kind of curious, higher education, you know, your perspective, you've had, you had the 2019, you went through the pandemic. What's the next three to five years look like? Well, since I did predict this one, right? I got that. I am going to be Nostradamus. No, I, I definitely think that the, the we're going to see a hyper-personalization is what we're going to see because I think AI does hyper-personalization and allows that. I think looking at you know, our production studios, the way we can change our teaching and learning, the way we no longer, you know, the days of a talking head are gone. We have to interact with our students. Our students are becoming brands themselves, right? So I think if we can't or don't actually focus on the individual. We used to talk about classes, the freshman class, the sophomore class. Now we have to talk about the individual. And so I think that's what we're going to start to see. And we're going to see a move to that. What it exactly looks like, I don't know. But I think seamless experience from the dining hall to the classroom to your residence hall to your after-hour sports. I think you're going to see that seamless, that kind of frictionless sense together. You're going to see everything work for you. A lot of online and cloud will be next, not just the physical equipment. It's already here, but I think further adaptation into it will go there um, because that's just how we're seeing society change. The, The pandemic moved us and changed people. And I think that's the reality now higher ed has to take going forward. I was thinking about this. So 
I, I know USC is leading as we've had a great conversation. What are some other, and they don't have to be in the United States, but where are some other universities that are giving you some inspiration? No, I don't like anybody. No, <laughs> just kidding. You know what? There are a lot of great schools out there that are, are doing great things. If I think of UNLV is doing amazing stuff there, UCF. I'm not allowed to say the word Notre Dame, but let's say I'm allowed to. You know, and I think a lot of schools that that focused on digital transformation and brought their classroom technology teams with them and didn't just do it from an IT perspective or do it from like a I'm sending out and and our managed services type of thing are really the ones who are setting the trends for the future. That's great. Who are, as we wrap up, who are the, maybe the next two to three folks in higher ed that you would like to see on the podcast? Oh, have you had Simeon yet? Simeon, oh. We've talked he was yeah. on vacation and yeah. then I think he got back and I threw a live event, but he's, yeah, I got to, yeah, I think you had Kendra late, recently or have her come in. Let me think. I'd love her. Lucy Evatissian at UCLA who's now the, I am allowed. I think I'm allowed to say, you allowed to say that. I'm allowed to say that. A CIO there. She's doing fantastic stuff with their reimagining their classroom stuff too. That's great. Well, yeah, we got a lot of great people coming on. Dr. Joe Way, thank you for coming on the podcast. And we'll have to have you come back on collaborating with some folks next time. But love to. really appreciate the the extensive tour. My daughter, Annabelle, come say hi again one last time. Hey. As we wrap up, she's she was stoked on it. And yeah, I love the, uh, spending the time today. All right. Thank you so much for having me on. Such a pleasure. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joe Tossi from TechTables.com, and you're listening to the Public Sector Show by TechTables. This podcast features human-centric stories from public sector CIOs, CISOs, and technology leaders across federal, state, city, county, and higher education. You'll gain valuable insights into current issues and challenges faced by top leaders. Through interviews, speaking engagements, live podcast tour events, we offer you a behind-the-mic look at the opportunities top leaders are seeing today. And to make sure you never miss an episode, head over to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and hit that follow button and leave a quick rating. Just tap the number of stars that you think this show deserves. 